Please remain standing for our scripture lesson. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 5 through 7. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Amen, dear saints. You may be seated. Let's uh, enter into another remarkable section of Second Corinthians today. But before we do, let's pray. Father, thank you for the glory of the gospel shining through broken jars of material clay, as it were, as you have chosen this remarkable means of extending the good news around the world through your church and her members. We pray that as we hear the word of God today, we'll be built up in our most holy faith and filled with the joy and power of the Holy Spirit to love you more based on our sincere faith. We'll give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So if we were to take a candle and put it in a ceramic piece of pottery that had cracks or slats in it, and then put it in a dark room, and what would we see on a wall near it? Perhaps stripes of darkness, shadow, and light. Such it is with us in this fallen world. There's we are cracked pots, as it were, but God uses us. The picture of verse 7, the clay jars, the jars of clay, the light of Jesus shining through us by virtue of the Holy Spirit living in us, emanating out to the whole world. It is true that because we are fallen, sinful, imperfect creatures, the light is not uninterrupted by that fact, by our our frailty, our fall, our, our error, those areas of weakness, the flesh that's still in us. So here we are, these jars that the light is shining through these cracks out to the whole world. Despite our flaws and imperfections, as fallen creatures, this light still flashes and flickers and shimmers forth nonetheless. Such it is in this world in which God has created, the streaked world of the old existence in Adam into which we all fell in sin, and the new heavens, the new earth, the new universe, the new creation of the new covenant age in which we live as the church. It is indeed, um, it is indeed a very unique situation. It's something that we live in, and we can accept it with joy, knowing that the Lord is good to us. So in light of all this, let's make it our goal this Resurrection Day to be lovers of Christ as the Spirit-filled church, looking at these interesting, tender, soothing, warm, loving, embracing, gracious, encouraging words of Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 5 to 7. The, the title of this sermon is light shining in broke, through broken jars. And the doctrine is 
The church's gospel ministry is a wonder almost beyond belief. When we think of this whole concept of Almighty God by His Spirit dwelling in His church on earth, which is still filled with us sinner saints with lots of problems, everything isn't perfect, we consider that he, he dwells in us individually as well as corporately. Is it not a marvel almost beyond our ability to comprehend it? Indeed, when we think that this is happening in us, the us fallen creatures with all of our struggles, our tiredness, our sickness, our weakness, our frustrations, our problems, the things that bother us, all the things that come upon us, is it not absolutely astounding that we, these sinful beings who have made a body and soul, are the miracle that God uses to express the gospel to the whole world? Indeed, only the incarnation of the Son of God can explain such a wonder, because in so becoming that incarnated Son of God, we now represent him as his church, as the members of his body. Indeed, Dear saints, the church's gospel ministry is a wonder almost beyond belief. First, God uses fallen human beings. And this is largely the part of this beautiful verse 7 of today's text, this jars of clay imagery, if you will. Now, it must be said at this juncture that God did not start the divine proclamation process in this way, in that, He began it with the pristine, sinless, perfect Son of God himself proclaiming this gospel. And, of course, he was sinless. Nonetheless, Jesus in his incarnation did, according to Philippians 2.7, take the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. So there is this remarkable sense that even in the case of the Son of God himself, in this sort of sense of him being incarnated in his body, born under the law, as per Galatians 4, 4b, even he, if you will, in his body was a jar of clay. And yet in his case, the glory of God and the gospel and everything he said emanated without the interruption and interference of sin, or any iniquity whatsoever. And despite that, the recipients of that light were never able to see it unless the Holy Spirit opened their eyes in divine electing redemptive love so that they could behold the Son of God himself. This, though, dears, this jars of clay imagery where God uses us fallen, still sinful people causes him to get great glory and honor. And this is why he does it. Now, these mysteries will become clearer to us throughout eternity, but we will never be able to plumb the full depths of it, even throughout an eternity in heaven. God uses fallen beings, fallen human beings, to express the most glorious truth, Christ. It's not just any truth. The sovereign Lord of heaven and earth has bequeathed to our lips, our minds, our hearts, our beings, our ministries, the truth of the person of the truth, the person of the Son of God himself. This is the truth that we bring to human beings. The gospel is incarnated in Jesus Christ. He is the kernel of it, the heart of it. He is the one that we preach. 
the person of Jesus. If people think that natural, empirical, and mathematical truth is exciting and interesting, and it is, and we should honor that, and God created it, has its place, it nonetheless, compared to Jesus Christ, is very small because he is the ultimate truth. He is the truth. So Jesus Christ is the personification of all truth, and everything God created is true in its right form and station, as per 1 Timothy 4.4, 4, in that it is found in the Lord Jesus Christ, the one through whom God created all things. And it enjoys its proper glory because it's connected to the person of the truth, Christ alone, the Lord of glory. But that the one and only true God would convey his gospel message through us, dears, us fallen sinful, yet redeemed and forgiven sinner saints that make up his church is truly a marvel, without doubt. As we do the exegesis of this text, remember that the apostle is being used by the Holy Spirit to speak of you and me, the church of the living God, us personally, the beloved children of God. So the church's gospel ministry is a wonder almost beyond belief. And as we study verses 5 to 7, note with me the ministry of light-filled broken jars. In other words, we want to get to understand as best we can what this ministry is, this sacred work. What is the content of it? What is the purpose of it? And what is the mighty strength and power behind it? And these verses bring this out. So let us set out now to biblically and covenantally comprehend as best as we can, by the grace of God, the ministry of light-filled broken jars. First, we preach the person of Christ, verse 5, where we read, For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. So Paul is reaffirming to the Corinthian believers in that first century congregation that the message never was really about him, Paul, was always about Christ himself. And the apostle juxtaposes Christ as Lord over against himself, Paul, as the Corinthian church's servant for Jesus' sake. Christ is Lord, Paul is the servant. That's how it is for us. Christ is our Lord, we are his servants, his happy servants and his willing servants. When we unite verse 5 here with what preceded, which is something that is prudent to do, we realize from verse 4 that Paul's preaching was designed to give God's elect people the prospect of beholding, quote, the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So the focus is never on the preacher or even the preaching. Instead, it's on the subject of the preached gospel, Jesus Christ himself. Any supposed gospel devoid of Jesus being at the center of it is no gospel at all, gospel at all, and we need to be aware of it, wary of it, and stay away from it, whether it has a Christian stripe or some other kind. You true Christians are the churched servants of Jesus Christ, your King. The ministry of light-filled broken jars. We preach the person of Christ, and we exude the Spirit of God. Verse 6. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So this stupendously beautiful verse 6, which I've chosen as our 
key verse, if you will, reminds us of the original creation of the universe. That's why we had Elder Craig read Genesis 1, 1 to 5 this morning. It's an Old Testament reading. So Paul is hearkening back, if you will, to that original creation. But also it speaks of the greater recreation of souls and the regeneration accomplished by the blessed Holy Spirit, whereby God creates his greater temple, his church, his people, his elect people that he puts into the body of Christ. So look with me at what Paul is actually saying here in the last part of verse 6. He is boldly asserting that God himself, shown in his Paul's heart, and that It is by this shining light in Paul's heart that God gives the knowledge of his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Dears, do we understand that this is what God does with us as we as his church preach the gospel, Lord's Day to Lord's Day, and with faith and obedience hear that good news every Sunday and then bring it to others throughout the week, as Lord willing we'll be having the opportunity to do next month in Peoria at Oktoberfest to represent the community of God to the people of the world. This is what we do, the light of the gospel. Now, the light being referred to here is the spirit of Christ, the spirit of God. In the original creation, God created light. Did you know that? He did. In the greater recreation, God is light. There's a fundamental difference between created light and eternal divine light. And so what Paul is actually teaching here is that we bear in our hearts not created light, but eternal divine light. And this divine eternal light of the gospel is only seen in the face of Jesus Christ, nowhere else. And it's seen in the face of Jesus Christ as he has preached his gospel to an elect and redeemed people who hear and receive this divine truth as divine light from God. So this glorious fact is before us even here today. The ministry of light-filled broken jars. We preach the person of Christ. We exude the spirit of God. And finally, we accept the miracle of grace, verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Now, jars of clay are pretty frail things. I know for a fact that I've dropped and broken a number of these jars of clay in the past. I remember once buying a nice mug at downtown, and the very first day I had it, kaboom, down and out, and it was cracked to a million pieces and no way that thing was going to be saved. So jars of clay are very frail. Some people take clay pigeons and shoot at them, you know, boom, knock them out of the air. Things made out of clay is very fragile, very given to being broken. They have scratches, mars, chips, imperfections. We are jars of clay. And yet God uses these jars of clay vessels to preach and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, the Lord, to the entire world. And these jars of clay have imperfections and have blocks and things are holding back the light, and yet it's still going out. And God is perfecting these jars of clay. Now think about this with me. The sovereign Lord of heaven and earth could have employed elect angels who never did fall, 
and whose beings were never affected by the defects and imperfections of sin. No disfigurement in them whatsoever. He could have, but God didn't do that. And why? Verse 7 tells us why. To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. This whole ministry is a ministry sustained by the mercy of God, the grace of God. Your ministry is. Everything we do as a church is completely dependent upon the grace and mercy of God. We have no power or strength in ourselves. We are commissioned by Christ himself to do this great and glorious work. There's the miracle we're referring to here is not that God has the power but in the fact that he places this power in us, his proverbial jars of clay. As always, let's do a little more application this morning and comprehend how we reach the goal of our light and broken jars ministry. Now, notice that I use the word ministry here in the singular because I'm borrowing 2 Corinthians 3.18a's image of the unveiled face in the singular. So Paul is really talking about the church and her ministry in the singular, even though he himself had brought that ministry and the ministers of the church in Corinth did preach the gospel. All the people of God are the ministers. So when we go downtown next month, we're going to have the opportunity, all of us, to be ministering, loving each other, loving the people around us, ministering the gospel actually having a worship service there, showing the world, the community, what it means to honor God on the Lord's Day as we proclaim the gospel and worship the triune deity. So there are two absolute requirements for any of us to do anything of value for God. One is faith in Jesus Christ, and the other is love for God through Jesus Christ. Without these, there is nothing valuable in us whatsoever. We're of no account without these. This obedience that we have, this willing compliance to a loving Father, flows from our faith in and love for God through Jesus Christ the Redeemer. There is another ancillary, if you will, qualifier, and it's inherent in faith in and love for God through Christ, and that is a self-knowledge whereby we realize that in and of ourselves we have no power, no goodness, no righteousness, no justification, nothing to stand on ourselves whatsoever. We are completely, 100, thoroughly dependent upon the grace of God in Jesus Christ as his church. That's it. The self-knowledge. We're hopeless and helpless aside from the Messiah, but we are bold and powerful and unbeatable in him. So we've got these two poles, right? On one hand, we're absolutely of no account whatsoever in ourselves. And on the other hand, as we walk with this glorious light-filling Savior, we cannot be defeated. We're bold. We're confident. We're victorious. We do the work of the ministry. There's really not anything in between. Now, with these wonderful key thoughts in mind, let us seek to grasp how we reach the goal of our light and broken jars ministry first by beholding the glory of Christ ourselves. No jar of clay has any divine light of Christ in it if that jar itself is not facing, beholding, receiving its light from 
the one focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, the light-filled face of Christ, seen in the preached gospel of his free and miraculous grace. To say it another way, as we are devoid of the person and presence of Jesus Christ, we are nothing but dark, frail, weak, breakable, useless jars of clay. Now, it is true, we remain jars of clay in this life, if you will, but our usefulness or worthlessness is entirely hinging on whether or not Jesus Christ lives in and shines through us. And this happens in the Lord's house every Sunday. So our very key to Christian living is to consistently behold the face of God the glory of Jesus Christ by faith. That's what Paul has been saying here in these glorious, wonderful verses. Or to put it in today's scripture lessons language, to see, quote, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, verse 6b. Without beholding the Redeemer by faith, we are broken pots. Basically, that's what we are. No light shining in us at all. But as we gaze upon the Lord Jesus by faith, we are filled with the glory of God in him. How we reach the goal of our light and broken jars ministry by beholding the glory of Christ ourselves so that the the gospel gloriously shines through us. You can see I like the word glorious here today, right? You're finding it on your outline several times, slightly different, not exactly the same. But this is all about glory. Glory shining through you and me, broken jars of clay. Cracked pots, if you will. So how is it that this glorious gospel shines through us? Do you know that in a very real sense, we don't need to do anything for this to happen? The glorious gospel shines through true Christians in a faithful church simply by being a faithful church. This is interesting. Being precedes doing. If we are a faithful church of Jesus, and if the lamps of our hearts get lit up every Sunday as the Holy Spirit refuels our otherwise empty vessels with the oil of God's love and presence in Christ, then we glow and beam for Jesus Christ, whether we even realize it or not. So we go down there next month, downtown, that's what's going to happen. The light of the glory of the gospel of the person of Jesus Christ is going to be shining through you. Not just in that worship service on that Sunday morning, but the other times you're there too. Now, what is biblical evangelism? Good question. Being filled with the Spirit of God and speaking the gospel words he gives us to say. There's, it's a pitch dark world out there. Okay? (laughs) Do I need to tell you? It is a pitch dark world out there. And this darkness is the result of beings made in the image of God rejecting the kingship of the true God, particularly the Son of God, the enthroned King. Because of that, the world is a pitch dark place. But you are 
jars of clay filled with the light, the spirit, the glory of God in Jesus Christ. He is greater than the darkness. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world, 1 John. The spirit of God is given to all of you who remain sinners but are saints, regenerated by the power of God, the sovereign work of God, and hence those who believe in and love God through Jesus Christ. All you have to do is be the church, and you will be effective in the world. What is the gospel message that flows through us, shines through us, will, Lord willing? next month as it does even today, that a perfect God-man came here to take on, if you will, a clay jar being himself in his incarnation. And he came and he shed his perfect blood for sinful, broken jars of clay. And that salvation and forgiveness of sins is offered to all who will but embrace him by simple faith and resulting repentance and obedience flowing from love. Beloved, light shining through broken jars is truly an amazing, wonderful phenomenon. Let us thank God that we may be models of light shining through broken jars. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for that. It is an amazing thing that this light shines out of darkness. And light shines in our hearts in the face of Jesus Christ. Thank you that we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to you and not to us. Thank you that you do use us even as we are in our sanctification process. Thank you that you are building us up in our most holy faith. Thank you that Jesus Christ will indeed have his way. You are extending your kingdom and you get all the glory. Thank you that the saints may take complete comfort in this glorious Son of God, the light of the world. For we pray in his name. Amen.